What up, guys? You're listening to The Rebuild on Shared in Life Radio. I'm your host, Phil, in studio here. Um, the computer I'm using that uh, we do all of our work on uh, seems to uh, have been knocked over by somebody. And, um, yeah, so it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's leaning forward completely. I'll tweet out a picture of it uh, just so you guys check it out. Just check out uh, The Real Rebuild on uh, Twitter there. Um yeah, so we got uh, obviously three Leaf games to catch you up on today. There's a Leaf game tonight uh, in Toronto versus Florida. And then we have um, the rest of the week for the Leafs. Lots of stuff going on in the NHL with obviously Eugene Melnick and Hitchcock and uh, Babcock. Lots of stuff going on around uh, the entire league today. So we'll catch you up on a little bit uh, of all that as well as um, talk about all the Leaf stuff. So um I mean, right away, we can start with uh, how it hasn't been going too well for the Leafs. Obviously, that 6-2 to two loss against Ottawa last Saturday really kind of painted the picture for where the Leafs are at right now. No Gardner, no Dermott, uh, kind, of, kind of a mess up front in terms of offensive capabilities as well as uh, uh, a major problem on the back end. Like I said, no Gardner, no Dermott, really, um, really scraping the depth of what the, this team has in terms of defense. Uh, but anyways, Leafs uh, take off, go to Nashville on uh, Tuesday night, uh, came out with a 3 nothing loss. Not 100% their fault. I mean, at, at that point, uh, coming off of the loss in Ottawa, they really needed to kind of get their game back together, piece back together what they, what they need to do to come back and be the Leafs we all know and love. I mean, there's not a lot of love for the Leafs right now, especially uh, with now only seven games left uh, going into the playoffs. So... I mean, I think that if everybody can just kind of take it easy and not really, not cut them some slack, but more so think of everything all at once instead of pointing out all the all the bad things. So, so what I'll get into is basically that the Leafs were in Nashville Tuesday night. They lost. They did lose three nothing, but they actually played a really good game. Um, honestly, for me, I thought the defense was their number one priority, and uh, it certainly showed with the shots on goal only being twenty two to twenty for the Leafs. Now that's not really that common for the Leafs. Usually, they they are a run and gun, high type of octane defense, and lack of defensive game allowing scoring chances on scoring chances on each each side. But in this one, uh, pretty much the Preds scored pretty early into the game on a follow up play by Brian Boyle. Uh, there was really, from what I could see, uh, or what I noticed, was one major chance the Leafs had to score, and it was on that D- John Tavares play where uh, Pecorino got absolutely robbed him with uh, the paddle. Uh, basically, saved it with his goalie stick in midair. Uh, it was really something to see, and uh, Hyman even followed that up with uh, like trying to jam it in right on the goal line, and Rene just shut, just held it down, like arm against the post type of thing. So. Uh, Leafs literally just couldn't buy one. They they had, I would say, more scoring opportunities than the Nashville Predators, but didn't really seem to matter at that point. Um, Nashville very content playing at home, very content letting another a team come at them and just using their defensive capabilities against them. Uh, Simmons pretty much sealed the deal nine minutes into the third with his first goal as a Nashville Predator, uh, and that was followed up by an incredible defensive performance by the Predators. Like when you have. Subban, Yossi, Ekholm, Ryan Ellis, and even the other guys could be probably top four defensemen in the league. Um, it's not easy to score, even if you are one of the, the highest like scoring teams in the league. So um, it really it really felt like the Leafs 
main goal of that game was to play defensively and to play like a structured game. And and it was easy to get into that rhythm against Nashville because Nashville plays a very structured game. So they almost force you to have to play structured as well. So that was good for the Leafs. I mean, they, they lost... 3 nothing. Um, Babcock said in the comments after that, um, that's the team he wants to play with. That's the team he wants to coach. And I think that if that's the type of product they can put on the ice, then that's how he can be a better coach. He can coach a team that plays a structured game like that, more so than that run-and-gun offense game that's causing two-on-ones and odd men rushes to both sides. The next night they uh, come back home... Uh, Actually, I'm not sure. I think, yes, it was in Buffalo. So uh, they go over to Buffalo, obviously making their way home and then stop in Buffalo. Uh, They showed up for this game and like they showed up for this game. They were absolutely pouring on the shots uh, against Carter Hutton, 46 in total. Um, The Leafs won 4-2 in in the end, but uh, the three goals that they scored were pretty much all garbage goals. Like one banks in off Matthews' skate, the next one trickles through i think it was marner or Tavares, and then and the third one was just a, a bounce as well uh the nicest goal of the whole game i thought was obviously oh i want to give credit to alex alex nylander on buffalo with that vicious one-timer really nice shot um i th- also thought that hyman's empty net goal was probably the best uh like one of the hardest working plays of the game uh it was a great game um i felt that the leafs there that though when you see that game that that's the Leafs you see non-stop offense non-stop speed non-stop control I don't know what what was put in their breakfast and or their cereal in the morning but it certainly worked and like it was pretty much regardless of that the level of play was super high it was like regardless of the Leafs not scoring on all their opportunities it was really impressive how it was tough for the Sabres to do anything at all they still managed two goals most like most likely but um, I feel like they honestly, like they were held to 24 shots. And I think that a huge part of that was like the Leafs using their control and using their offense, offense as defense. And I think when they can do that, it's one of the most, it's one of the most powerful things that they have. Um, we'll bring that up a little bit later when we get into the playoff talk after the break. Um, but yeah, in this one, Garrick Sparks did take the win four to two and he stopped uh, 22 out of 24 saves. So, I mean, a good look for him after uh, coming out on the loss against Oak uh, on the loss against uh, Ottawa and saying that like they need to get angry and they need to do all this type of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's not very like common again for a backup goalie to, say that kind of stuff like about a team especially a team that is I mean well into a playoff spot but um, I mean he stood his ground he made the saves he had to make and uh, came out with the win so good on Sparksy Um, Saturday night I mean again Leafs played just like I think they did in the Nashville in the Buffalo game it really seems like the Leafs are are like their lull kind of has faded and they're slowly transitioning back into the high powered octane team that they have. Um, the only issue with going against the Rangers is obviously uh, Yor- Yorgiev, uh, their goalie who is an absolute beast. I mean, it's, it's interesting to see Lundqvist and him even have a pretty decent season, at, like despite all the lot, the losing in, in New York. Um, but Yorgiev let one goal in on 45 shots against this Leafs team. That's absolutely incredible with, two days of rest um the rangers who probably more than not 
wanted to lose that game from a managerial perspective uh, were stumped. I mean, the young product that they put on the ice to try to lose are actually winning them games and playing really hard against the, not going to lie, these teams that are 75 games into a season and are, are dead tired and kind of not nursing their, themselves, but bracing themselves for the playoffs. So being maybe a little bit more careful, like the way it's all structured now, like teams know they're going into playoff spots. There's not many playoff battles going on, but um, I think that uh, especially here, um, I mean, this could have easily just like they were talking the day of I was listening to uh, the radio and they're talking Leafs are putting up a seven spot tonight. Like the Leafs are scoring a touchdown tonight. They're scoring. Do you know what I mean? Like they, a lot of the speculation was that the Leafs were going to absolutely trample the New York Rangers. And um, I mean, in terms of play and control, they did. But in terms of, I mean, in, in hockey, like you can have a goalie and could steal a game, and that's what happened. And I think uh, the Rangers really do have something here, especially um, considering the uh, the age of Lundqvist and. The, nece- the necessity of needing a goalie moving forward in, I guess, what they call a retool over in the re- in uh, New York. Um, yeah, uh, but the game was lost again in overtime, so anyone's game, right? Austin Matthews made a, a, ros- a risky rush in overtime, which was good, but uh, headed to the bench on his way back uh, instead of back-checking. I mean, he could have took that momentum and came back to try to help. Anyways, um, I think it was... I can't remember which D was there, but uh, Anderson faced a two-on-one, uh, made an amazing save after after uh, Strom hit up Buniaves on the on the right side, and Anderson got across, made a huge save, but the puck kind of squirted behind the net, and Strom fished it out from behind the net and just plopped it in the other side. So um, really cool from Ryan Strom to score an overtime winner in Toronto, being a Toronto native. Uh, so that's obviously a, a cool a cool um, little tidbit there. But I think personally, the Leafs are slowly coming back. Um, gotta wait to hear about what's going on with Gardner, his back injury, pretty serious, still might take a couple of weeks. Um, and then Travis Dermott, uh, kind of those two thing, those two players are the outlying, the outlying things right now. I think that both of those, both of those players have the ability to move the puck faster than almost anybody else on the team and getting out of your zone with possession and, even just like getting the puck on the blue line, adding offensive, offensive play, and even strategy from the defense, and getting shots through, and getting shots to the net. I haven't seen anybody be able to get shots through to the net as well as Travis Dermott. So, it's something to uh, obviously get ready for, and uh, maybe we'll be able to come with some more information next week. But right now, we got Gardner skating, and I got Dermott in a non-contact jersey. So, um, I mean, the time is soon. We're gonna have to see what's gonna come, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to go with Hall and uh, Ozhiganov right now. You do have the Borgman and uh, the Rosen coming back to the Marlies from injuries as well. Uh, so, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. And uh, who knows, we will uh, set you up later for the uh, Florida game tonight. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. NHL news coming on after we're back. guys we're back on the rebuild on shared and life radio i'm your host phil in studio again with the broken uh computer screen very awesome to have right now um i mean there could be worse things so nhl news let's start with the playoff races 
Um, obviously, we have... I mean, the Leafs are seven points back of Boston. I don't think that's happening. Uh, we'll start with Boston. Actually, they... Um, clinched a playoff berth on Saturday night with a 7-4 win over the Florida Panthers. Now that pretty much has put uh, Florida 10 points back of the second wild card spot. Uh, so not officially eliminating them, but um, eliminating them. Um, Montreal, again, having a good weekend, uh, winning in Buffalo and winning all their games throughout the week um, to sit two points ahead uh, of Montreal, sorry, of Columbus, who did win last night and who do have a game in hand on Montreal. Uh, Carolina sitting three points up on the Habs with also a game in hand. So, I mean, uh, I think the Jackets play tonight, and that could be a pretty big game. Uh, let's get right into there. Uh, I mean, I personally am going for the, the Habs. I want to see the Habs make the playoffs like that. I think that'd be really cool. Um, no. I don't have any Columbus, so uh, night off for that. Um, we have uh, Jackets Islanders on Tuesday, Montreal, Florida. So that's a big night. Um, I wonder if there's a Habs-Columbus game anytime soon. Let's go check that out. Uh, in the Western Conference, uh, we had the Jets, I think, were first to clinch, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what did I... Jets clink clinch a playoff spot over with victory over Nashville. I want to say it was f like a shutout victory against Nashville. Um, when was that? What was this day? Um, not today. <laughs> Jets. Boom, 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 boom. Five, nothing. I was right. Uh, so yeah, that's what they have now. Um, only team, obviously sharks and the flames have clinched as well. Um, over here, Colorado has won their last two games, now sitting two points up on uh, Minnesota. Uh, and then Dallas in the first wild card spot by only one point. So uh, pretty good battle going on right there with those three. And you want to throw the Coyotes in there as well with 79. So you got 79-79, Wild Coyotes, 81-82 for Avalanche and the Dallas Stars. So quite the battle going on in uh, both areas. Um, I think it's... Uh, I think it's uh, personally, I think it's going to be Minnesota, and um, I won't. I don't want Dallas to to make it, uh, so I want it to be Colorado, Arizona is what I'm looking for in the West. Uh, but I think it's probably going to be Colorado, Dallas. So I want honestly, like Dallas, I don't want there at all. On the East, like I said, I want Montreal there. I want Columbus there. It's a tight race. If you want to go by teams that I think should be there, it's going to be Carolina and Columbus. I think that Montreal um, might have the slip there. They played the least last game of the season, so uh, who knows what can happen there. But out of all those teams, obviously, uh, the, the Habs have the factor of Carey Price, and um, Carey Price can honestly win you a playoff series. He's that good. So um, that would probably be the best bet, I think, uh, out of those teams to even face Tampa in the first round as well, uh, Montreal. So, I mean, they that they uh, should have already. They were supposed to have uh, bowed out already, but I mean, it hasn't happened at this point, and it's hard to say that it's going to happen anytime soon. Uh, Eugene Melnick calling out the Ottawa Senators fans, and basically not. Basically, just, I don't know, He the, from what I've heard, he is now 
uh, involved in with two companies that um, are doing a lot of work towards uh, concussion, like CTE and concussion prevention and all that kind of thing. And I think that's really good on his part. But the fact that he needs to go out into the public and address it on his Ottawa Senators platform just to, I guess, gain uh, interest and knowledge through that venue is, is hurting the franchise overall. Obviously, he's the owner, and the league and other owners can't do or condone anything to make them make him lose his spot as an owner. I mean, he bought it, like he owns the team. It's a business. Like, it's not just like you can get him out. He literally owns the business. Not a hundred percent, I don't think, but probably like, like obviously more than fifty-one. Um, the Ottawa Senators said they're going to hire a president of hockey operations. Maybe that's taking Melnick out of the picture. Uh, Pierre Dorian is there and is doing his job and I think he's been doing a good job the team has kind of I don't I feel like Melnick has has kind of showed up after the Bob Murray has left and it's no one came in to fill that void of president of hockey operations and Melnick is kind of like he's he's just there because he owns the team I mean there's think about Is there any other teams in the league besides Edmonton right now where the owners come out and say anything? In Dallas, it worked. He said one thing, and look at them now. Uh, Edmonton, that's a whole other story. Um, There's so many factors in Edmonton. Calling out Tobias Reeder is not something you should do. As an owner, you shouldn't be singling out players. I mean, if it's Sagan and Ben, that's one thing. If it's your third-line winger, that's another. Um, Connor McDavid... Hitchcock is getting into it now. Um, it's all bad. I think Melnick uh, basically said uh, the every people's views are getting skewed because of twelve-year-old bots kids in Toronto that are saying things on Twitter. Like it's just an absolute mess, and the NHL should have nothing to do with it. And there's nothing they can do to change it because this guy owns a team, and you can't do anything about someone owning a team. The Hitchcock thing is, this guy still thinks he's going to make the playoffs. I mean, look at this. Edmonton has 74 points. Like, they're they're seven points back with seven games left. That's not going to happen. Especially with this team that I don't, like, personally, I don't think is, is very good. Um, Connor McDavid, yeah, he can score two points a game, but two points a game doesn't get you a win. It's it's really it's bad. I mean, there's no way around it. They their goalies are bad. Their their expensive players are bad. In their last ten, one two three, one two three four wins, and one OT loss. It's not going to happen. They need to go seven for seven to make the playoffs, and every other team has to lose all their games. It's impossible. I think Hitch, I mean, he said, what did he say? He said, I can, if I'm good, I can coach until I'm 99. I mean, yeah, you could stand behind a bench and send Connor McDavid out every other shift, but at this point, you got to coach the other 17 players on the team. And I don't think that's something he's really doing. It's all pretty messy, to be honest. Um, and it comes over back to Toronto, too. You have. Babcock getting questioned on if there's a, a riff between him and Kyle Dubas 
and I mean, they it's just like Mike's the type of guy to be like, hey Kyle, I want this guy, I like this guy, you know. But that's Kyle, and I can just Dubis probably is just like, hey Mike, why don't you coach and I'll GM, you know? And but Mike isn't afraid to step those boundaries and do that. So I see where the media can can take away uh, the possibility of that of that situation, but I don't think there's any issue with them saying no to what Mike wants and Mike is like the highest paid coach in the league. He makes more money than probably 85% of the league's players as well. And I think that uh, it's, it's not very, I mean, the Toronto media needs to take a step back right now. They're showing like Garrett sparks in practice. I know I actually have a pretty good take on that. So we're going to take a break and uh, we'll start with the, the Garrett sparks in practice uh, clip. And uh, we will, uh, Go on that. Hit a bit, hit a bunch more of NHL news, and then uh, we'll uh, take our third, take another break there, and then we'll slide into uh, Leafs in Florida tonight. So, um, yeah, I mean the Garrett Sparks thing. I can't wait to actually bring that up to you guys uh, and what I think about it. So. Hey guys, we're back on the rebuild on Sheridan Life Radio. I did all of those, um, what are they called? Uh, student feedback, whatever, on the profs and the classes. I always do that every year. It's pretty fun. Kind of just tell them uh, what could have been better about the class and, I mean, what to leave out, what the profs can do better, what what they can't do better. Speaking about doing better, um, maybe something the Toronto media should focus on. I think that... Um, Showing a practice save highlight is uh, maybe uh, something that uh, producers need to keep out of the uh, hands of the the fans, I guess. Garrett Sparks made a a great stick save in practice. Um, Yes, practice. We're talking about practice. Um, Anyways, uh, was trolled on immediately by Brad Marchand saying, uh, laughing, crying, sorry, it's like crying, laughing, face times three. Um, Tuka Rask makes saves like that every day now. I don't really know what Brad Marchand has really been up to these last couple of weeks with the tweeting, but, I mean, if the Leaf, I guess, if Leaf Nation can get some stuff out there on uh, the interweb that uh, Marchand is going to poke at and, I guess, get distracted by, why not? I mean, it could possibly boost him up and give him a little bit more... uh, I mean, I want to say pump him up more, but realistically, if you can get any, if you can cause anything to get his head off of the game, I mean, why not try it? So we don't really know if the media is doing that on purpose or not, but I mean, maybe just stay away from uh, what's going on in practice. Uh, Other news in the NHL, Chara has been signed to a one-year, $2 million extension. Big Z, um, I think, has played about 18 or 19 years in the NHL now. Uh, Islanders, Ottawa, uh, Boston, uh, and obviously uh, Czech Republic. Uh, so he's had a very awesome career, won Stanley Cup. I think that, well, this year they signed him one year for $5 million. Obviously, uh, it's more of a, you know, the risk of you being great is lower, is higher now. So, like, we're cutting, getting, not necessarily a pay cut, but that also plays into the fact that money's going to get spread around, like, more proficiently uh, for the rest of the team. So uh, Big Z, obviously, being the captain of that team, he's doing a really good good thing by sticking around, being a player coach, as well as uh, opening up some, some space for uh, money to be paid to uh, younger players. Uh, Yanni Gord was suspended for two games. 
Um, I didn't actually check this out yet. Uh, yeah, um, illegal check to the head on Jordan Stahl. So, uh, illegal check to the head, two games. Heard that story before all season long. Pretty good, pretty consistent thing the uh, NHL um, safeties, player safety is doing. So, um, I mean, even if it, was, it wasn't it was that that good, I mean, Jordan Stahl missed about f- almost 40 games with a concussion this season. So he is falling over in there, but Yanni Gord does nothing to uh, get out of the way and makes full contact with the guy's head. So um, something to really uh, keep in mind. Uh, I mean, it, Yanni Gord obviously probably has no uh, prior uh, infractions or anything like that, but... Um, this is the type of thing you need to know now. Uh, yeah, you're hitting someone in the head. It's two games, but you're hitting someone in the head who has a history of concussion problems. That's not good. Like that is dangerous. That's something that, that I think down the road will um, will bring a higher penalty for. I think that you will be suspended longer if the player you hit has concussion uh, history. I know I know. right now it doesn't really seem like that's something you can implement, but I think that it is something that we could see down the line. Um, because, I mean, I know, I know you're out there, you're playing your hardest, trying to do what you got to do, and you can't always be aware of who's where and who's doing what and who, like the history of that player's injuries. Like, it's not easy. But, I mean, at this point, two games, keep it at that. He probably won't do it again. I mean, you're going into the playoffs, you probably will do it again, but uh, you can't really say much for that. Uh, Holtby declining the uh, White House invitation. I missed that, too, eh? I am not on the ball with my NHL news. Sorry, guys. Just give me one second here. This was more of a... I want to say, like, Ovi... Being the Russian he is, having a great relationship with Putin, um, I don't think there's much of an issue with Donald Trump and him. Uh, We already heard about Brett Connolly saying, I'm not going, uh, but thanks for the support. Smith Pelly, not going to go as well. Um, And then Holtby came out with like a massive statement. Uh, He's an active supporter of the LGBT community. Um, He's marched in D.C.'s pride parades, because obviously being from Washington, you have a lot of interaction with the white house and everything that's going on with politics um and basically they put out that um you have to choose what side you're on um he's made this decision for himself and his family and uh on top of everything what the washington capitals organization did which is really great i think is they announced there's no official ceremony or media availability during the visit so they're going to get their tour of the white house they're going to meet the president and that's pretty much it so uh, you'll maybe see some pictures that leak out afterwards, maybe some phone videos, but there's no real media availability like there usually is. So, um, I mean, I don't know. That's, that's the caps, and that's all on the caps. It's not on the NHL. It's not on the White House. Um, and I think that it's a good idea for the caps to do that because they're getting rid of any possible association with like supporters and non-supporters so they're basically making themselves switzerland all good i think that's fine Uh, a couple more things here Uh, alexander steen scoring three assists on saturday uh, becomes the fourth father and son duo to push uh, the points to 600 points each uh, in the nhl uh, three uh, like i said three assists and a 5-2 win over the red wings Um, gordy and mark howe bobby and brett hall peter and paul stastny and now, Thomas and Alex Dean. 
Thomas Dean ranked up to 817 points in 950 games across 14 NHL seasons with the original Winnipeg Jets from 1981-1982 um, and 1994-95. I guess he came in and played one extra year. Oh, no, it was back to the Jets. Uh, uh, Alex Dean obviously doing this uh, in, a longer, in a longer period of time. Uh, 600 assists, 601 points, actually. Um, Toronto Maple Leafs and the St. Louis Blues. So congrats to you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, we. I guess I'm not going to take another break here. We got about five minutes left to kill. Uh, I'll set you up for tonight's game at the Scotiabank Arena. It is uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, hosting the Florida Panthers at seven o'clock. Uh, you're most likely getting Anderson and Net. Um, I do have open here. Uh, what we're looking at for the Florida Panthers. I mean, last time we played them, Reimer stole the show. Reimer got the standing O after Luongo uh, got pulled. Uh, Barkov, 87 points. Huberto, 82 points. Really killing it. Uh, really great season for Mike Hoffman. I mean, if you got traded to the Sharks and then to the Florida Panthers in one day, I mean, he puts up 35 points, 32 assists. So, I mean, that minus 21 is not looking really good. But, um, I mean, hey, he can score. Uh, Dadnov obviously doing very well down there, 25 goals, 36 assists. So that's the majority of their forwards right there. you got four premium forwards, um, Yandel on D, and then it falls off after that. Ekblad um, not really turning out to be the first overall pick that everybody thought. Um, I don't know if he's going through something right now. He's 22 still. So, I mean, remember, we don't really see massive peaks of defensemen until they're about 25. Trotrek, Trotek's missing about 30 games in there. Uh, and he's got he's got uh, 30 points in 48 games. So, um, I mean, he'd be up around 60, 70 points as well. Um, not their year. Um, next year, I think Borgstrom, uh, Borgstrom coming up was really nice for them. He's really shown that uh, he, he can play. Uh, Jared McCann's not been terrible either since coming over from... Uh, Pittsburgh they do need to get rid of Troy Brower um, and then who knows this back end is just an absolute mess so uh, they're gonna have to make some some changes for sure um, size them up against the Leafs uh, where's your I size them up against the Leafs uh, you look at their team they have the second best power play in the league and that's basically quarterbacked by Yandel um, basically all the other stats throughout the league are there they seem like the most mediocre team in the entire league and it's weird because when you say mediocre you're thinking i i mean i'm thinking 500 when i hear mediocre but truth of the matter is um is that mediocre basically is a little bit better than the middle so 33 30 and 12 um i mean they're 14 and 17 on the home on the road and at home um five four and one in their last 10 i mean they're pretty mediocre down the middle they're ninth in goals fifth in shots on goals best second best power play in the league um but then when you go to their penalty kill it's 18th and then 18 10 27 10 like they're pretty mediocre and i think that uh they got this goalie in he's uh sam montebo he's four three and one he's got a 302 893 zero shutouts he's playing against anderson the beast tonight going for his 35th win Anderson only one shutout this season. Eh? He looked a lot better when it was uh, down in the first uh, two months of the season. Uh, hopefully, this is a game the Leafs can put some points up. I mean, they need a scoring. They need to score some goals. They need Matthews to get a hat trick. They need, I mean, Marner to put up two points. This is a game. Matthews can get to forty goals again. 
um, there's a couple guys that are waiting for milestones and bonuses as well, and I think this is a game to do it. Um, ouch, Marner's hurting on that. Uh, they were talking about him getting to 100. Uh, don't know if that's going to happen anymore. Riley, again, two more points to hit 70. Like, that is that is something else. Um, those two guys, Kapanen needs one more for his 20th goal. Uh, Hyman, one more for his 20th goal. That's some money right there those guys are looking for. Um, but, yeah, besides them, not too much going on. So, yeah, Anderson looking for 35. I mean, this is a game you could probably hit a couple milestones and uh, – you can really get things going. I think overall, the Leafs don't need to win every game. They're not catching Boston. They're not getting caught by Montreal. All they need to do is play good hockey, win or lose, give all your effort, and prepare yourself for Boston. Make sure your defensive cues. Make sure you know where you're passing the puck to. Make sure you know who's passing you the puck, where, you, where you're going to go with it after. Just take control of all of that and make it good. I think that Anderson needs to have a couple good games until they can rest him a little bit more. Uh, this is a good start for him tonight, a, a home start. Florida, Mondays, like you, Mondays are typically the worst days of the week to play hockey. I always see that uh, it, it gets really boring. 